Okay. So we're starting the podcast. We're starting the podcast. This is like testing, testing, one, two, three. November 20, 2020. Till death do us part. That's the podcast. That's Ron. Hi, I'm Ron Barr. And this is Natalia Barr. Yes. And we've been together for a little over 10 years. We're going to talk about some true crime and then we're going to talk a little bit about stuff that comes up in a marriage. I'm a criminal defense attorney. I've been doing it for a couple of decades. I'm a nurse. I've not been alive for a couple of decades. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a baby from the 80s. Uh, so I'm a relatively new nurse, but sometimes I will discuss the medical aspect of cases. Uh, so let's get let's just jump into it. I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay. Can I tell you? And if, if I'm talking and something sounds familiar, you can just let me know. Okay. All right. So I'm going to talk about uh, a, a killer couple. It's okay. a couple that... Uh, killed and raped young girls in Canada in the 90s. You're assuming they're a killer couple. You're saying killer couple already. Um, well, you'll see when I get through the story that um, their um, guilt is not up, up for debate here. No, they, they've okay. admitted to the, they, they admitted to the crimes. Okay, but I wouldn't believe the hype or the media. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get into that. There was a publicity ban during the trial and none of the Canadian media was allowed to report other than what the charges were and what the sentencing was. They weren't allowed to report on any of the evidence presented, which we'll talk, we'll go into because that's a big right. part of the case. This is a case that happened in Canada? In Canada, There's in the 90s. In the 90s, there was probably only one media outlet, so that one couldn't report. All right. All right. Wow. You just offended so many Canadian listeners, but okay, let's go there. All right. So we're in Canada. We're in the early 90s. It's like 93. 192 maybe 93 early, early 90s early 90s um and Carla Hamolka as a young girl uh came from a a relatively I'm going to put air quotes up normal family um famous story m- meets a a young man a little bit older than her uh Paul Bernardo and he's a real piece of shit um Came from a real fucked up household. Uh, his father molested his sister. His mother told him that he was an illegitimate child and called him bastard all the time. It was just real fun times in the 90s. Um, so anyway, Carla meets Paul and uh, they have a real fast track relationship. Um, Love at first sight? Sex at first sight. Mm. Within two hours of meeting, they were banging each other in the hotel. Well, I guess that's real till death do us part. <laughs> right. Well, um, not really, because we'll see. Um, Paul Bernardo was a serial rapist, um, and he loved to beat women. Um, and he beat Carla Homolka, which we'll see later, is one of the reasons that she turned against him. Um so I'm not going to go into all the little details of this is a very, very big case. There is a lot of literature out there if people want to go looking for it. Um, but basically, um, they were kidnapping, torturing, and killing young girls. Um, one of their first victims, who her name has never been released, uh, actually survived and went on to tell about how they jointly raped her, tortured her, and... Um, but she was able to get away. Um, 
because Paul Bernardo was such a real piece of work um, and liked to rape women solo as well as with his wife. Um, she doesn't seem so... Uh, well, let's see where the facts take us. Yeah, let's see where so it goes. we have Paul Bernardo, who you're saying liked to rape women and beat women and eventually kill women. And he meets this girl, Carla, who's completely innocent and doesn't like to do any of those things. Is oh, no. That- so he tells her that since she can't give him her virginity, he wants her to give it to him in the form of her younger sister. So one of their first crimes together is the fact that they drugged and then raped her younger sister, Tammy, who then choked on her own vomit and died. They cleaned up and disposed of evidence before notifying authorities and said that they were just all drinking and that she just happened to vomit. Um, But the fact is they had videotaped the whole thing. Mm. And those videotapes have been viewed by the Canadian authorities, by both defense and prosecution. Everybody Sounds like love at first sight. Um, oh, there were two psychopaths, uh, and they just happened to find each other and do terrible things. Um, but Paul Bernardo, at the same time, was also raping women, like, one after the... I mean, if you look at the timeline, it's like one month, two months later, one month later, a few weeks later. He was just raping police, or trying to rape women left and right. And the police couldn't catch him after months? Well, so that's how they caught him. But before they brought him in, they questioned Carla to see if she knew anything about these rapes and what they didn't realize is that Carla was going to freak out and turn against Paul because he had once beat her face in with a flashlight um, and tell them not only is he a rapist but he's a killer and this is Sounds like a great this guy. is what we've done Yeah. Well. yep so Carla turned against Paul in exchange for a lighter sentence um, she told the police that... That's a uh, misnomer, you know. She turned against him probably to save her own ass. Yeah. Oh, she's... I'm, I'm not saying she's... I'm not saying I believe a word she said about him, but save her own but ass. But they have videotapes. That's all right. They have pieces of videotapes. No, 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 no. They have entire videotapes. From like 1990? From the 90s. Like right. cassette tapes. VHS? Oh, I don't know what format the cassettes were in. All right. yeah. So I don't know if they were VHS or they were... What I don't know. What did you guys use before VHS? Eight millimeters? What yeah, did something you... like an eight millimeter. Something you had to crank with your hand. Yeah, something real old before my time. So this guy's committing these rapes somewhere in Scarborough, Ontario, and in Toronto. Somebody, one of the women that he uh, raped gave the police an almost photogenic recounting of what she experienced mm-hmm. and they put a composite together when the composite was put together he had friends of theirs who came first to the police and said that's the guy they then went to interview Carla and Carla freaking out was like yeah he's the rapist and we have videotapes and let me tell you all about it the police then spent 71 days on a search warrant, searching the property. We're going to come back to this. 71 days. 71 days. But... Are they idiots? They were forbidden... Hold on. They were forbidden from excessive destruction, meaning they were not allowed to tear down walls and ceilings. If they had, they would have found where Paul Bernardo's attorney had gone into the house, taken the tapes, and hid them into a ceiling tile. And that became a point of contention later. His first attorney was taken off the case and he had to get a new attorney because of the ethical matter at hand, which is he went in and he hid evidence. Yeah, that's not allowed. Well, it happened, though. 
Um, so the search warrant didn't allow them to any excessive damage, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, uh, Carla said, I'll tell you all about it. I'll tell you right, all right. about what we did. Who doesn't look in a ceiling tile? That's like the first place cops look. They didn't, they weren't, they didn't find, all I know is they didn't find the tapes until after Carla had been sentenced, which she was only sentenced to 24 years. All right, so the facts of the case will have to add that the cops in Toronto in 1990 were just morons. All right. Okay. I mean, fair point, fair point, because, I mean, I would look in, in a ceiling tile. I mean, I would, I mean, but maybe it was patched over in a way that they couldn't break through without invalidating the search warrant. What if it was, like, patched over with plaster? I've never known a cop to really honor a search warrant. <laughs> all right. I'll be honest. Well, I've never seen a cop do something straight like that. All right. I mean, fair enough. Cops lie. That's how they make arrests. Anyway, it wasn't until after the sentencing that the tapes came to light and everybody realized the full extent of Carla's um, involvement, which okay. she clearly enjoyed torturing and raping these young women as much as... Absolutely, a hundred percent. And she lied and piece said piece of shit. She yes, was, she was forced to do it by uh, Bernardo. Yes, said she, she was forced, coerced, abused, etc. All right. So why didn't they just withdraw her plea and make her go back? To court? They said they didn't have grounds to withdraw her plea, which is one of the things I wanted to discuss. Because he's currently serving a life sentence although he was up for parole in 2018 for day and day release and full parole later on uh, he was denied both day and full parole but Carla only served 12 years of her sentence was released with good behavior blah 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 changed her name got remarried and is free in Canada now and I'll just before we really like rip this apart I'll finish with a little quote that she gave um, the author Stephen Williams who wrote a book about her uh, she wrote to him while she was in prison and said people want me and Max so my life will be hard but it really isn't there are absolutely no responsibilities everything is provided we can spend the day sleeping sun tanning or doing whatever we want all day every day so that's how much fun she was having in prison um I got my information mostly from BuzzFeed, Wikipedia, and my favorite podcast of all time, uh, My Favorite Murder, their coverage of the Homolka Bernardo case. All right. So can we first talk about this search warrant not allowing damage? Why, if I have a search warrant, am I not allowed to rip the freaking house down? That's what the cops do in New Jersey. <laughs> okay, but they didn't do that with this search warrant. So is that a Canadian thing? Or is that just, do you see that in cases where a search warrant is executed, but the house is only minimally searched? Never seen that before, not in 25 years. And uh, even in Canada, like I can't imagine they'd be so pompous unless the judge was in on it, something doesn't make sense. I'll be honest. Cops, a search warrant is a warrant, an allowance, to search someone's house. That means everything in that house or a search warrant for a car. What are you going to do? Just look through the window? No. They're going to take out the seats. They're going to open the engine compartment. They're going to start dismantling the engine. It's a uh -oh, search it warrant. It sounds like this search warrant didn't allow them to rip into things. Yeah, I think the prosecutor would have been the one to fuck that one up if they got a limited search warrant. Okay. so That's, that's... a prosecutorial mistake. Okay. Or a judicial uh, error. 
but that doesn't make sense. I mean, it sounds like they had a lot of problems from this whole issue with Bernardo's attorney, his first attorney, his second attorney, the ethical um, ramifications of withholding these tapes. Bernardo's lawyer, by the way, was uh, cleared of any wrongdoing by the, I don't know, whatever, Canadian Board of Law and Ethics. After hiding evidence. After withholding evidence from the court. I've never heard of such stupidity. Right? So he had to have like paid someone to not get, at least get stripped of his law license. I know. Most Canadians are pretty proud, but this doesn't sound like a proud moment. No. Um, so can we talk a little bit about plea agreements and how plea agreements work? All right. Plea agreements are based on certain facts and circumstances, plus the uncertainty of success for either the defense or the prosecution. Mm-hmm. But remember, this is uh, 1990, so you have to take the law into account as it was about 30 years ago. But still the same. Plea agreements uh, generally come and generally accepted. For some reason, the state didn't think they'd be able to. Uh, they didn't think so. They together. They, they said in the articles that they didn't feel that they had a strong enough case against Paul Bernardo without her testimony, and that they needed her to testify. Um, All right, well, look, keep in mind, it's the day before, you know, it's days before there were rape kits, rape analysis, semen and serology tests. Maybe they couldn't have put it all together. Uh, But it sounds like, you know, the authorities, kind of like in the O.J. Simpson case, sometimes they just drop the ball. Well, so my question is, when you put out a plea agreement like this, and later it comes to light that the defendant who has this plea agreement was clearly not honest about the facts in the case can you withdraw a plea agreement absolutely so pretty standard in any plea agreement is that it's based on certain facts and, and knowledge and circumstance if it turns out that there is especially a material misrepresentation they can always move to withdraw that plea part of even a plea, after well, sentencing after sentencing because part of the plea agreement is that you have to agree to testify truthfully so let's start off with a plea what is a plea so a plea you have to accept liability to accept liability and responsibility, part of the first questions that you're asked on a, even a plea form, even in the 1990s, is do you understand by pleading guilty you'll have a criminal record? Do you understand by pleading guilty uh, you're giving up certain rights? Among them are the right to a jury trial where the state must prove you guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. You're giving up your right to remain silent. This is in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. And you're giving up the right to confront witnesses against you. Now, those same rights are in Canada. But part of a plea agreement is that you're going to plead to culpability a level of culpability that you did. Well, I mean, so she pleaded so, to participating in these acts. So she never denied that she did them. She just downplayed how independent she was in these roles. And the uh, the the law community and the public in Canada was outraged after the tapes did come to light. Uh, they call it the deal with the devil. I know, but, you know, after, even so afterwards, they, even if, if she was sentences, even they could if withdraw it? Even if there's new evidence. New evidence is a basis to withdraw a plea. Oh. Okay. So, I mean, they made it sound like they had no grounds to withdraw their plea afterwards. Well, example. The cops stop your vehicle and they give you a ticket for speeding. They find out two years later that you actually were uh, speeding because you had killed somebody. You think they can't bring up the murder charge? Well, what if I've already been... So she, but she had already, she can't be tried twice for the same charges, right? Because correct. double jeopardy. That's correct. So she had already been charged with manslaughter, which 
is one of the reasons she was able to get out so quickly. She wasn't charged with murder. She was charged with manslaughter. She could have been charged with murder. Why not? She killed the They didn't the have the tapes at the time of her sentencing. They didn't come to late till like two years after her sentencing when she was already incarcerated. But they can go back and try it on the new evidence. Even though she had been charged with manslaughter. Yeah. Do you think that they didn't because she was a white, young, blonde? Instead of maybe, let's say, a young black man. Certainly a young black man would have been tried again. Right? Even in Canada. Even in Canada. This is uh, Ontario, Canada. There's no doubt. They were uh, in the area of Montreal. And that's uh, where she had to return after her release. Um, but again, she was allowed to change her name. She got remarried. And she's free now, even though she's a monster. An yeah. absolute monster who killed her own sister. <laughs> who married her. <laughs> Another monster. Another real piece of work. Um, he took just, it that you killed kids. I still love you. Okay, I get it. Well, I mean, she, she. So Paul has always maintained that although he participated in the rape and the torture of these girls, um, who were underage girls, by the way, they were all like 15, 14 years old. They were very young. They would just snatch them up off the street. Carla would just get out with a map and say, Oh, can you help me with directions? And meanwhile, he would rush them and stick them in a car. Um, just of note, the tapes, Canada's law board or whoever's in charge of evidence decided in 2001 that the tapes had no further use and were destroyed. Although they still have the tapes of when they rewatched everything with Carla, although those are sealed. That's when you know there's bullshit, when they start sealing stuff. Um... Is there some sort of uh, limitation of time on sealed evidence? Do they have to be unsealed after a certain amount of time? Well, I don't know about Canada. Uh, In the United States? No, I mean, once there's a, a judicial order to seal something, you'd have to have a judge's order to unseal them. It's kind of like the Kennedy tapes. But the reason they're sealed is because you know some bullshit's going on. Um, so well, she was probably. I think, I think so, they're concerned that if they unseal the tapes, that somebody will go after her. She got a lot of death threats while she was in prison. Somebody will go after her and kill her. Oh, who gives a shit? She killed a bunch of kids. Oh well, I don't care. I think somebody should go after her and slit her throat. But Listen, I'm not advocating for street justice, but I understand. Uh, I, I'll advocate for some street justice. Uh, what about death penalty? So neither one of them got death penalty charges uh although bernardo is still incarcerated and they deemed him extremely dangerous and unlikely to ever be released yeah but that's canada they're probably feeding him ice cream for dessert well like she said you could sunbathe all day um it's not are, the same are we are we <laughs> are we when i say we i mean you are you for death penalty or against death penalty it's very difficult to say you're pro-death penalty when you understand the improprieties that go on in a courtroom. When you understand that there are bad cops and that there's bad prosecutors and that there's certainly bad defense attorneys, the death penalty doesn't make sense. Not even for monsters like this. Because I'll be honest, if somebody <clears throat> took my 15-year-old daughter and tortured her and killed her um i'd certainly be looking forward to watching them fry in a chair you're right but the you know you have the courts making decision on what evidence a jury gets to hear 
and what evidence they don't get to hear. True. And so a jury... They were not allowed on, to watch the a tapes. A jury doesn't get to make an informed decision. And it's one of the worst parts about our case and about all our cases and our history and our law is that the evidence that you're asking a jury to base their opinion on is always going to be limited, which is another word for manipulated evidence. And based on that manipulated or limited evidence, they have to make decisions. It's just not fair. And because that's not fair, the death penalty isn't fair. So in this case, uh, by the time the, the tapes came to light, Paul Bernardo's case was still being tried. And the jury was allowed to hear the audio only and were not allowed to visually view the tapes because the defense said it would uh, prejudice them against his client. But isn't that my right as a juror for me to see if there's video of the crime being perpetrated? Shouldn't I be allowed to see it happening? Jurors have no rights. Well, shouldn't I be allowed to make an informed so, decision listen, using all the evidence available? It's a shit decision by what was ultimately a shitty judge. I mean, if I can hear the audio, I should be able to... You don't become a judge because you're smart. You become a judge because you know people politically and you pay into a political <laughs> party. Doesn't make them a genius. This judge, a this judge was a piece of shit. Uh, I don't disagree. Um... All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about whether or not you should give your ex a gift. Hold yourself. Hold. Just I like. didn't even know we get breaks. I'm okay, so? We're back. Ron <laughs> Bar and Natalia Bar. Yes, and we are ready to talk about um, whether or not you should give your ex a gift. Uh, and we'll talk about a couple of different scenarios. Wait, we were just talking about... People who are killing kids. Yeah, that was the first part. Um, but I mean, that case is done and over with, so we could continue to talk oh, about it back so and forth all night, but we're, we're moving, moving on. on. We're moving on. All right, someone should clue me in that we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. Okay, next. We're, we're totally on. unrelated topic. Totally unrelated topic. Um, so uh, this is, uh, you know, a little bit just reflecting on what goes on in our own lives. We have a blended family. Uh, both Ron and I have been married previously and have children from prior marriages and we also have uh, a child together so we have a lot of different dynamics going on you certainly spilled the beans today (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, a lot a lot of different dynamics Um, so we're, we're let's just dive into it let's talk about if you do not have children do you think that there is ever a situation where it's appropriate to give your ex a gift if it's more like a bag of shit? No. If it's like, oh, we're still friendly, so I'm going to send so-and-so uh, a new belt. or nah, fuck that. Right? No. Nope. When it's over, it's over. It's over. It is over. E- even if you're friendly, I think that it crosses boundaries and it confuses the situation if you guys are doing relationshipy type things like give each other gifts, right? I, wouldn't, I would not give my ex a bag of air if I thought it would save her life. No. Okay, um, well, so, but, but, on the other hand, let's talk about if you have children together, is it appropriate to shop for a gift or <laughs> to give your kids money to buy their uh, parent a gift? Well, look, that's unfair, because if I said yes, you're going to hit me, and you'll even hear the beating on the video. No, yes. I don't want evidence. No, we're, we're going to just talk about our, our opinions, which are going to be very different. We're coming from different places. No. My relationship with 
my ex is very different than your relationship with your ex. So I'm asking in general because some people have very good relationships with their exes and want to model a certain sort of behavior for their children and think that it's appropriate to give a gift to an ex because that's the mother of the child or that's the father of their child. No, I, I don't think that even makes sense to give an ex a gift because I think that would first infuriate the present wife. That would be a present husband or present husband. True. Uh, but certainly it is crossing barriers and walls and boundaries. And I think it just, that's a slippery slope to chaos and shit. <laughs> okay. Um, I have spoken. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> fabulous, fabulous answer. This might be the only time ever that we agree on the podcast. So I just want to, um, if you got your ex a gift, I think I'd be pretty pissed. What if you're not remarried? What if you're single and you want to, your child says, I want to get mommy a gift. Will you take me to the mall to go get mommy a gift? But that's different. That's the kid getting the gift. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, but so this is what I'm asking. So I, if it's on behalf of the kid, you're saying it's okay. Yes, because it's the kid giving the gift. You can't expect the kid to earn money. So if he needs like 20 bucks to go get his mom a gift, that doesn't matter. What if it's, I mean, 20 bucks is, I mean, you could 50 argue. bucks. Doesn't even matter. It's relative to what you earn. It's relative to your lifestyle. So if okay, the kid... but what if your ex is a real just pain in the ass, gives you a hard time for everything, like, no. would have you arrested the minute your child supports late kind of bitch? Don't take that away from the kid. You know what? Sometimes you got to take the high road. If the kid wants to get the, the parent a gift, you support the kid. You don't make the kid punish. What if the kid doesn't ask for it? Do you make the overture, hey, do you want to give your mom a gift for her birthday? I'll tell you what. Look, like, let's talk about the holidays coming up. It's Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Hanukkah for us, guys. Hanukkah for us. And uh, whatever else you want to celebrate. If it's a customary on that holiday to give a gift, I don't think it's inappropriate to say to your kid, listen, I know it's the holidays. I know you're expecting gifts. It also means you need to give some gifts. Do you want to get something for her? from him from the kids not from the adult no not from the adult but and and i understand that that's a very mature standpoint the, that is the high road to say you know what it doesn't matter what this other person says and does i'm gonna take the high road we're gonna give them a gift on behalf of you the child but let's just talk because sometimes i can definitely be petty and I know there's going to be people listening to the podcast that can get on my level. Uh, what if that ex is severely toxic? What if their their interactions with you are at no time pleasant, are in fact actively nasty? Should you just not refrain from hmm. getting them a gift? So you're clearly talking about my ex-wife. <laughs> I get that. I, I didn't say it. You said it. She is toxic, dangerous, and every bad word that you can think of. However, it doesn't make sense that the kids should be growing up in a world where that's what they know. The kids should just love their father, love their mother. And if they're gay or whatever, they should love both moms and both dads. But you have to take the high road with the kids. Otherwise, you're going to fuck them up forever. All right. I mean, that's it's like I said, a very, a very mature. Well, look, I was one of those kids. Standpoint. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, because I, I was one of those kids, I understand. I mean, did your mom take you to go shopping for gifts for your dad? Did your dad take you shopping for gifts for your mom after they were split up? Yeah. Both sides. Both sides. 
Listen, my dad's been dead almost 20 years, and my mom still thinks she's coming back for him. He's coming back for her. It just doesn't even make sense. But that's why I think gift-giving can be so dangerous, because I think that that can send the wrong message to the opposite party about where you stand on the relationship. All right, so we're clearly bringing in our our issue to the table, and I'm glad to to have you guys all listen. If I gave a gift to my ex-wife... That would be genuinely fucked up. However, if I help my kids financially so they can make a gift to their mom, that's just taking the high road, and that's a far more mature way to do it. And I'll tell you, at the end of the day, that's much healthier for the kids. You have to be so mature about things. It's really just... And I'm sorry about that beeping in the background. The smoke detector's going off. One of our smoke alarms has a low battery, so all of a sudden it's beeping, and it's highly annoying. But we're going to wrap things up. Um... I want to put it out there so that um, people can write into us and weigh in on things we've talked about um, or write to us about personal uh, information that they might have about cases we've discussed. When we say write in, we mean send an email, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the email is till death do us part podcast at gmail.com. Till death do us part podcast, all one word. All one word, no spaces, no dots, nothing. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Okay, that could work. And then we'll see you guys next week. All right, God bless everyone. Good night, New Jersey.